0: There are some names that are mentioned in Scripture that immediately bring thoughts to your mind when you hear them. One of those names is Moses, and you think about leadership. And then there's Noah, and you think about an ark. There's Esther, and you think about beauty. There's Samson, and you think about strength. So, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking on Stay Strong. We're going to be looking at the life of Samson, this man who was supernaturally endued with power from God and who was able to defeat. So many people at one time and yet struggled in his own walk and in his own relationship with God Almighty. So we're going to look at his life as both an example and as well one of those examples of what to do and what not to do as we look at this whole process of staying strong in our relationship with God. So would you take your Bibles this morning, go to the Old Testament book of Judges, or whatever you have scripture downloaded on, and let me say hello to the campuses. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries, and I'm thankful for every location where the Word of God is going forth through Love and Truth Church. I'm glad you're there today, and I believe that God has a word for you as we go together into the Word of God. The book of Judges, the 13th chapter, and I want to begin reading in the second verse and read through the fifth verse with you. It says a certain man of Zora named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless, childless, and unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Now today my subject is, I want to talk to you about, you are special. Would you just look at your neighbor and say, you're special. Now, Now do it nicely. Do it like you mean it. You're special. Come on. Go ahead, you're special. Don't be derogatory when you say you're special. Be upbuilding when you say you're special. You really are special. Now, here's, here's what's interesting about this passage that we read to you. We're, we're talking about Samson here, and and we look at the miraculous things that are taking place. An angel shows up and says, uh, "You couldn't have children, but uh, but now you're going to have a child." I mean, what what a miraculous birth! What a what a wonderful thing to have an angel show up and to tell you that. But but you know what? All births are miraculous. All babies are miracles. And and any time that we see that happening, it is truly. A miracle so we're all special not only is Samson special I'm special you're special everybody is special because the Lord God has made it that way now here's what I want to tell you you are special and you are born with a destiny the problem a lot of times is is that people never reach their place of destiny they never fulfill the destiny that God has for them it's it seems like so many people settle in to a life of mediocrity It's kind of like living in a rut. And I've said for years, all that a rut is, is a grave with both ends kicked out. All right? So I I want to help us today to, first of all, understand we're special Understand we're a miracle from God and to begin to determine to live an overcoming abundant life that God has for us and to begin to fulfill our destiny. You say, Pastor, how do we fulfill our destiny? Well, I, I just want to give you a little uh, scenario of how you fulfill your destiny. Here's how it goes. When humanity meets divinity, it produces destiny. Let me say that again. When humanity meets divinity, it produces destiny. Now you say, well, I, I know people who aren't believers who have done great things, and I, and I do too. I know, I know people who have achieved marvelous things in life and have done wonderful things who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and, and, and we thank God for them. But I want to tell you, to really fulfill the totality of your destiny, God's got to be involved in it. There's got to be that divinity and humanity coming together so that you can achieve your destiny with God. And that's what happens in this story is that it's the, it's the story of a birth of a young man who comes together and divinity starts in the very beginning of his life, and we see how his destiny continues to be lived out. Now, Samson was great because of four things I'm going to talk about this morning, but I want to tell you, you have the same thing inside of you as he did. So not only was Samson great, you're great as well. The, the first thing that I want to talk about today that made Samson special or made him great was found in verse 3. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to her, to his mother, and said, you're barren and childless, but you're going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. The the first thing that made him special, and the first thing that makes us special, is that he was chosen of God. I, I want to tell you today, you have been chosen of God Almighty. Do you know that the Word of God says that your days are numbered, that you are predestined, that God has formed you and made you and brought you here? You know what? Even your very being here this morning lets me know that you are chosen of God. You were chosen today to hear the Word of God again. You were chosen today to be able uh, to have the ability to live in a nation where you can go to church. You, you live in a place where you have the ability to go about and move freely. You were chosen of God. Now, you know what? That's, that's pretty special, right? I mean, how many of you remember on the playground, uh, maybe they don't do this anymore. We've gotten so politically correct, I get a little confused uh, nowadays. But when I grew up, there was no political correctness none none whatsoever and so you get on the playground and you're going to play kickball or you're going to play soft whatever it was and and the two biggest guys or whatever they'd stand up and they'd start choosing people right and you just always prayed that you were chosen as a boy you were all you always prayed you were chosen before the last girl <laughs> sorry ladies you know I mean it was the it was the most horrible thing to be the last guy sitting there and it's you and and some girl and the team captain goes, I'll take her. Because you go, Oh heck, what's up with this? But it was always fun. There were those moments that I can remember getting chose first. Now I want to tell you that that's special. When, when they're fighting, say, no, I want him, I want him. Now, that's good stuff, and that's what God has done. God looked down at you, and he said, you're the one I want. I don't want to go into biology and science for you, uh, but for you to get here, if you understand how much it took for you to get here uh, with your mom and dad, and again, I won't give you any science lessons, but if you understood that you're chosen to be here, it's it's pretty important. And God said, you're the one I want. In fact, He he said in Scripture uh, to to Jeremiah, He said, said, I knew you, I formed you. He said, said, I destined your days. I I laid them out for you. That's how that we know that we're special. Number one is that we're chosen of God. Number two, verse four and five, uh, it says, now see to it that that you drink no wine or fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. And and then verse five goes in uh, to all the aspect there of of what's to happen and what's to take place there uh but the second thing that you need to understand uh, is that that he is consecrated to god all right he, he says don't don't let him participate don't cut his hair don't do all these things to him because he is consecrated to God now let me talk about that for a minute if you want to really fulfill your destiny if you want to live out your potential in the kingdom of God there are some areas of your life that you have to be willing to consecrate to God Let's talk about that word for a minute. That's kind of an old school word. That's a word we don't hear very much about. But I want to tell you, the word consecration means to be set apart. It means that you have chosen uh, some areas of your life that you say, I mean, can you imagine Samson growing up? I mean, how many of you can, can remember? How many of you had, uh, had boys in your family? How many of you raised boys, all right? Um, how many of you know uh, at, at some point, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not good with this, but a year or so in, uh, maybe not even that long, uh, that, that some, somebody comes up to you in the mall, somebody comes up to you in a, in a restaurant and says, oh, she's just so cute, and it's a boy. And, and the, the wife never says this, but the man goes, that boy's getting a haircut tomorrow, <laughs> right? Because I don't want my boy looking like a girl. I mean, you, you can hear that conversation uh, in that moment. Now, now, here's, here's what you have to understand, is that Samson grows up, and the Bible says, never does the scissors or a razor touch, touch his head. Can you imagine how strange he looked going to first grade? I mean, his hair's down here. And there wasn't a hippie in sight. I mean, he was the first, man. He's coming along, and and he's got this. And and yet they're saying, won't you cut your hair? And he goes, I'm I'm set apart to God. I'm consecrated to God. See, I want to tell you something. Listen, the Word of God gives us biblical instructions on how to live life. But if you want to fulfill your destiny in God, there are some things that you have to choose as a Christian to consecrate to God. There are some things that maybe other Christians can do. Maybe other Christians can involve themselves in. But you look at it and you say, you know what? I want to do more than just be a run-of-the-mill Christian. And so I have decided in my life to consecrate my life to God. In fact, I'll tell you this. Moms and dads, you ought to have some things in your family that you've consecrated to God. There ought to be some things that you say, you know what? Maybe everybody else is doing this but for our, as me and my house. Here's what we're going to do. See, I know that sounds old school. I know that sounds to some of you, well, that's so legalistic. I'm in grace. Listen to me. The Word of God lets us know that we're saved by grace. But the Scripture also says that we are to work out our own salvation. That's part of staying strong. Work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. There are some things that you need to consecrate to God and to say, I'm not going to do this, not because it's a sin, but because it's a weight in my life. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says to lay aside every sin and wait. See, there are some things in your life. The the, the Word of God gives us this indication that we are running a race. And we just had the New York Marathon just recently. And if you looked at those people, and I want to be careful here, but but they got as close to not having any clothes on as they could legally. I mean, what's wrong with y'all? They stripped, I mean, you, you didn't see anybody with a big old overcoat on and, and, you know, leg irons running around carrying, you know, some dumbbells in their hands saying, I'm going to win this race. No, no, no. They throw everything down. They take off the coats. I mean, they get as aerodynamic as they can, and and, and it's still going to be a Kenyan or a Ugandan win it. I mean, it don't matter. Uh <laughs> Americans might as well quit it's it's those Kenyans know how to run is all I know and and, uh, and and so it's it's that whole thing and so the word of God tells us in the process of living life that you and I have to consecrate some things there are some things in your life that are not sin but that still need to be laid aside boy it gets quiet So that you can fully pursue the Lord Jesus Christ with everything within you. You have to make those decisions because God has said to you, I want you to fulfill your destiny, and what your destiny is, is not your destiny, is not yours, is not yours. And so each of us, now listen, let me say this to you don't take your consecration and try to put it on somebody else. Because it's your consecration it's your dedication it's your willing. listen some of you have have situations in your life there, there are some of you let me just give you one there are some of you who who were alcoholics there are some of you who came from from such a a, a bondage in your life that you have no business going into any place that serves alcohol well don't get quiet on me I'm just, I'm just telling you, you, you really don't. Why? Because it is a weight to you. Now, it's, I, I, I never had that problem. I never, so so I, I, can, I can go, I, I literally, I'm going to say this to you and you'll just freak out. I could go sit at the bar and not get drunk and not drink. It wouldn't bother me in the least, all right? And i would bother everybody around me because <laughs> I'd start talking to them about Jesus. But, but it wouldn't bother me. I I don't I've I've never had that issue but if you've had that issue, see you understand what I'm saying so so there are areas of our life that that we need to make sure that we uh get a hold of and that we work and consecrate to God and say God we are living to the best of our ability to set aside our life just as Samson did so that we can please you verse 12 would you look at that says so Manoah asked him talking to the angel now when your words are fulfilled, come on, when your words are fulfilled, what is to be the rule that governs the boy's life and work? Now, now, understand this. In life, what he is saying is, is what are the things that are to govern this young boy's life? So, here's the third thing is, is that this young man, his life had to be directed by God. Your life has to be directed by God. Now, let's let's deal with this real quickly. How how many of you know? Look up here real real quickly. How many of you know that the Word of God gives you direction for life? Amen? Come on. The the Word of God gives you direction for life. If if you want to know what doctrine to do and how to be saved and, and how to live an abundant life and an overcoming life, then it's found in the Word of God. Look up here. All right? Now, let me say this to you, though. The Word of God, I'm going to get in trouble. The Word of God is not enough. Uh Uh-oh. Bless God, we're founded on the Word. We're Bible-believing. We believe the Bible from the beginning all the way through the maps. I got you. Okay? But I want to tell you this morning that you need more than the Word of God. I'll let it sink in for a minute because I'm going to get some emails. (laughs) All right? And here it is. You need the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Bible says. When He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into what? All truth. Now, I want to help you this morning to understand that you have got to live life founded upon the word of God but directed by the spirit of God God will let you set your foundation upon his word but he will direct you in a daily life how many of you know that there are some things about your life that are not in the scripture all right let me give you one who you're supposed to marry is nowhere in the bible I mean I've looked I went back here in the back and said, "There's the table of weights and measures. that ain't helping me. There's, there's some other stuff that's not going to help me. Who do I marry? I, I, now I did read in the Bible where the scripture says, "He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing." I just didn't know what thing I was supposed to get. <laughs> but I found her. Over 35 years, we've been married. All right, and it was by the direction of the Holy Spirit, but but the Word didn't tell me that. I had to pray. I had to seek God. I had to listen. To what God was saying. So, so th- you, you have to be directed by God. Samson is directed by God. That made him great. Your life is directed by God. That will make you great. The fourth and the final thing is found in verse 24 and 25 of the same chapter. It says, the woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Manah, Dan, between Zorah and Eshtal. I'm not just what I said, hubba-dubba-bubba. All right, that would have made as much sense to you right there, all right, because you don't have a clue. Now, if I had said Jackson and Bemis and Henderson, you'd have got it, okay? Uh, but but, but here's, here's the fourth thing. Let me give it to you. The fourth is, is that he was obedient to God. What, what you find in, in Samson's life is that as he is obedient to God, he finds himself prospering. He finds himself fulfilling his destiny. In fact, the majority of Samson's life is lived in obedience to God. The sad truth is, though, is that a small portion of his life is lived in disobedience, and most of the time, one of the first things we think of when we say Samson is we think of his failure. If I were to name certain political figures or certain religious figures, you you wouldn't remember the great things they'd done. You would just remember immediately the bad things they had done. Right? Why? Because it is human nature to look at the failure of someone and not at the success. Let me help you. Everybody listen carefully to Pastor, and don't miss it. Everybody. In fact, let me say it again. Everybody upon this earth is going to fail. The Scripture says, The righteous falls seven times, but arises again. I may get knocked down, Come on, but I get back up again. And it's not how many times I get knocked down. As long as I get back up one more time that I get knocked down, I'm going to be all right. And so that's what we've got to come to today of understanding that. And, and so we, we want to focus on being obedient to God, of living in uh, His divine protection and His divine anointing and doing what He's called us to do. And when we find ourselves in those places of disobedience, and we'll spend some time there over the next few weeks, as, as we find that, then there's ways that you get out of that. There's ways that you overcome it and, and get back to the place that God wants you to be with Him. But I, but I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you to be obedient to God. I want to challenge you today uh, to do your best to live the life that God wants you to. Don't focus always on the grace. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying we have used grace for license. Well, God will forgive me. Yeah, He will. That's what's wonderful about He will forgive us. But the Word of God encourages us to live a life pleasing holy and acceptable unto the Lord that means I've got to be obedient to his word when God tells me some things in his word I need to learn to be obedient to them and to live them it doesn't matter what everybody else says listen why do you give rules and guidelines to your children you don't do that so that you'll keep them from having fun I know they think that's why Mom and dad are just old fogies, and they just don't understand this, this day and this age. And, let me help you. When God lays out instructions, it's not to keep you from having a good time. It's not so that, well, God's just a spoil sport, and He wants to keep me bound up. No, no, no. That's what the world tells you about God. The world tells you, i just go out and party all weekend long. Now, it doesn't matter what you do and who you sleep with and all. Just, just, just enjoy life. And yet God says, wait a minute, there's some standards, there's some guidelines, There are some things that I want you to live by. Well, God just doesn't want you to have fun. You know what? I didn't wake up this morning with a hangover, praise God. A lot of people did. I, I, I didn't wake up this morning, look over and go, I wonder who that is. And I wonder what I just picked up. (laughs) Might as well get real. See, God says don't do that. We say, oh, God's trying to keep me from having fun. No. God's trying to protect you. God's trying to keep you. God's trying to make you what He wants you to be, just like you do your children. God sets some guidelines in your life. And the quicker we learn to be obedient, god's word the better off our lives are going to be so here's what i want to tell you today everybody's born special everybody each person is special you're you're special because you're a miracle you're special because the word of god says that you were made in god's image and after his likeness you know what i I want to say this to you today I, i understand that that You know, scientifically, we have some struggles at points and times to figure out uh, all the process of creation and all that. But I want to tell you, when you take a creator out of the picture, you have no morality. Because if we just all, you know, slipped and slid and finally got here out of the primordial ooze of the past, and there was no creator that we were made in his image and his likeness, then we might as well just all live like animals. But I believe with all of my heart that you were created in the image and in the likeness of God. And because of that, He calls you to a higher standard. He calls you to live a life that is more powerful and more successful and more anointed than those who do not understand it. See, you have a specific purpose in life, you have a destiny. God's called you, God wants you to fulfill something great. See, but so often we get focused focused on the issues of life. We get focused on what we don't have. We get focused on the imperfections. You know, uh, the media and Hollywood and magazines have sold us a bill of good about how we ought to look. What some of you need to do is you need to Google some of these people without their makeup and airbrush. (laughs) Because they're not near as pretty as they come off. You know, when, when they can Photoshop everything and stretch everything, make everything better, make everything proportioned the way they want to, and then you see that person go, oh, they don't look anything like that. And yet we've been sold a bill of goods, and so we struggle with our self-image. We struggle with who we are and instead of understanding that we were made in the image and in the likeness of God Almighty and that we're special to Him. And so I don't have to look like somebody else and I don't have to fit into somebody else's idea of what I ought to be. I am created by God Almighty. And when I understand that, I begin to live. And so it's not what I don't have that makes me special. It's what I do with what I've been given that determines my destiny. What have I been given in life? What are the things that God has placed in my life? You say, Pastor, I, I, I really want to find that in my life. Well, let me help you with this as I close today. I, I want to help you find your specialness today. And I, I want to give you three things real quick. Number one is, how's your relationship with God? I want to tell you, you may do great things, but without a relationship with God, you're never, ever going to achieve what you need to achieve. So look at yourself today. Take a moment. Nobody else can do that, but look at your life and say, how's my relationship with God Almighty? Is everything all right? Do I have a relationship with Him? Listen, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not asking you today, did you raise your hand or did you walk an aisle? I am asking you, how is your relationship with God Almighty today? Do you have a relationship with Him? Do you know Him? Does He know you? Is there that communication between the two of you on an ongoing basis. How is your relationship with God? Number two, what excites you in life? You say, I want to I find my destiny. I want to fulfill who I am. What excites you? There are some of you here uh, that, that are teachers. There are others who are doctors. There are others who are lawyers. There are others who are moms and others who work here, there, and the other way. Uh, what is it that excites you? So often, we let what we do during the day that we hate determine the rest of life number one is I would say this to you if you hate what you do find something else to do you say is it that easy probably not but that's where you got to start all right at least you live in a nation where you have that opportunity amen but what excites you? What is it, that, you, what, what is it that, that gets your engine going? What is it that in the morning when you get up, you say, man, I can't wait to do this That I can't wait to be involved in that. I can't wait. That, that, and each of us are wired differently. What excites you doesn't excite the person next to you or the person across the building. But God has given that. And as soon as you determine what that is, I watch people who serve in our churches and and, and I see them serve out of passion and they serve out of excitement. And you know what I found? People who are serving out of what excites them, they never get burned out. It's just the bottom line. If you're burned out in ministry, this is a pastor moment, if you're burned out in ministry, it's because you haven't found your passion yet. Whoa, it just got quiet in this house. Pastor, I'm just burned out. If you are fulfilling your passion, you know why? Because that thing which excites you reignites you. And it will keep you going. It will keep so find out whatever it is. If you're doing something in the kingdom or you're doing something in life that you don't enjoy, find out what it is that excites you and begin to operate. It. And number three is this. What do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> Think about it for a minute. You say, I'm 50 years old. Me too. <laughs> Actually, I'm a little bit more. But you know what? What I want to be when I grow up? I decided just recently, I don't want to be an evangelist. <laughs> I know that. What, what, what is it about your life? What is it you're doing? I mean, when you look at your life, can you see yourself doing it for another 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, however, wherever you are on this journey, can you see yourself doing that? If not, then now begin to ask God. God, the Bible says this, that the Lord orders our steps. Begin to ask God. God, order my steps into the next phase of life. You know what I found out? Life has seasons. Life has seasons. And so what you do in this season may not be what you do in the next season. But when you find what it is and you begin to fulfill it, you live up to your destiny. Samson. Is such a great man of God he's a man who God anoints from the time of his birth he's a man who is special to God oh yes he's got his flaws he's got the things that we'll talk about but he's a great man and you know why because God chose him I want to tell you you're great because God chose you you're special because God said you're the one I want you're the person I want upon this earth And I'm going to bring you into your fullness if you will only allow me to lead you and to guide you. And if we'll learn to do that, I promise you, life will be enjoyable, life will be lived to its fullest, and you will live up to your destiny and make a difference for so many people in their lives. And that's what it's about, is making a difference in other people's lives. Amen?